This is the Broncos Blitz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Here's your host, Danny Williams. Back in on another edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. I am Danny Williams. Uh, my co-host today, who also is producing the product, is Danny Bailey. Danny Bailey, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Good to be with you. Uh, good to be filling in for Jake on this fine Friday morning. We fired Jake. I had enough of him. I'm sick of him. <laughs> And I was like, you know what you're going to talk back to me? Uh, I'll figure out how to pu- push these buttons and talk into two mics myself. I'm that good. And then I realized, I don't know what these buttons do. I shouldn't have fired Jake. But, you know, what am I going to do now? Call you. But, like. He is kind of a bad boy with his earrings and his Dodge Charger. Yeah, he's and, got the know. tats going, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Inked know. up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we've worked together many times for many years, we Danny have. Bailey. I'm happy yeah. to have you here. I wouldn't, you know, when you're like, I was like, um, could we not do one today if (laughs) Andrew said it? No, I really like Andrew. Yeah, but but he doesn't have time. He's got to do Gil right after your show. So then you would have to be waiting around till Gil's done. That's a really funny way to say he's not as good as you. That's a really nice way of saying he's not as good as you. So I told Nate, Nate, you want me to do this podcast on a football Friday? You better give me some real talent there, Buster. And he was like, well, who do you want? And I was like, Danny Bailey. I was, you know, I was trying to think of something. And here I am. Yeah, so what about Kyle? No, he's working another thing. Okay, well, oh. give me Danny Bailey. Uh, now, we fired Kyle a long time ago for Danny Bailey, actually. So uh, we're happy to have you at dbailey5280 on Twitter. Is that right? That's the one, yep. <sighs> Didn't even have to look. See that? Um, I'm You're a pro. Tw- Thanks, buddy. You know. uh, I'm at Tweets Danny on Twitter. Uh, I am Danny Williams and uh, my guy Danny Bailey. We're for the next I'd say 25 to 30 minutes. We're going to give you our best Broncos stuff. We're not like every other Broncos podcast. If you've heard the podcast, I think just one time, I think you know that and you understand that. Um, Try to give you a little bit of a fresh perspective, something different that you haven't heard everywhere else on a million other podcasts and, you know, other radio shows, which we just got done with. Thanks for coming on. Check out the... um, uh, me and uh, Jake every single day, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. on 98.1 FM, milehighsports.com. A lot of ways to get involved with the radio show. A lot of way, uh, ways to get involved with this podcast. You can find it anywhere you can find a podcast. Give me places you can find podcasts, Danny Bailey. Spotify, Just, okay. Apple Podcasts. Yep. You can Go find girl. it on our app, the yes, Mile High Sports the new app. app. You can sweet. get it on Google Play. Podbean? You can get it on Spreaker. Is that a thing? <laughs> what? Podbean? Podbean, I haven't heard of it, but I'm, I, there's plenty of pro- podcast providers. Said that. What about Podbean? Broncos like, Blitz, always on there. I was like, yeah, Podbean. Of course, Podbean. What do you mean? What do you think? Well, of course, we're po- doing the Podbean. So if that's not a real thing, then I, I don't like know. I haven't heard of that one, but okay. I'll have to check Damn. it out now. That's not good. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So it's Friday around lunchtime. Okay. The Broncos have their first preseason game this week, and we've wrapped up our work with the Vikings at this point. Um, you said the Vikings were not going to be playing their starting defensive players, according to their head coach, right? You said that? Tony? I saw that Mike Zimmer said none of the defensive starters will be playing okay. in preseason game one, which I can understand. It makes sense. You give those guys a little bit of a rest. I would imagine there will be no several Broncos. Good, you know, I've that seen are Champ Bailey rest. get hurt in careers end in a preseason game. Don't need it. Yeah. Champ Bailey's career ended in a preseason game. Okay, um, not necessary. Um, any of my guys I'm counting on for this season on this team, really truly, other than the two quarterbacks, I don't play them a down in this game. 
Yeah. It's all backups for me. I play Drew Locke. My, you got it. You got it. Well, yeah. my backup quarterback, True Lock, needs <laughs> you know I need to him to be able to play if Teddy Bridgewater at some point needs him to play at some point or another during the season. So again, um, Drew starts and Drew could play into the second quarter for for you know all I'm concerned. Um, Teddy goes out there for a few drives before the half. Um, and then it's the Brett Rippin show after that, and I'm good with that. I'm really good with that. Um, Preseason game number two, which essentially is like your third preseason game, kind of a dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, um, I start Teddy. We know Teddy's starting. I give Teddy, a, let him play a quarter of ball, try to get him a scoring drive or two. If they could, in four drives, score 10 points, it'd be a huge success. Um, and then I hand it up to Drew Locke, and I think I, I, I would let Drew Locke play I'd let him come out in the second uh, half as well. The rest of the second yeah. quarter, into the second half, yep. play into Start the third, the third quarter. into the third quarter, and then I hand it off to Brett Rippon. Um, my last preseason game, no Teddy, no starters again, and um, I go with Drew Locke to play half, first half, Brett Rippon the second half. That would be my game plan. Okay. Because for one, Teddy's now again. He's always been my starter, but now he's so important to the team as the starter. You know, and like Aaron Rodgers isn't playing at all this preseason. You're going to see uh, guys not playing at all, not a lick. Um, and I'm cool with that because without Teddy, we're nothing. And again, oh, with like teams that without Aaron Rodgers, you know, you know, you're nothing. But you know, he's a starting quarterback for me again. Um, and. Any you you lose Vaughn Miller in preseason, you lose Bradley Chubb, uh, Sertan Fuller, um, Fant, all these guys. Imagine the team without one of these guys. Yeah, it's like man, w- w- this team was nothing when uh, w- with without Vaughn last year. When when Vaughn went down, it was like the heart and soul, the character, like the, our biggest bully. You know, you can't win mm-hmm. fights without Vaughn. You know what I mean? No uh, chance. I, uh, no. So. Um, I just that's how important not playing these guys is or I guess you could say that's how not important the preseason games are to my guys. I got to see them out there. They got to know what it looks like and feels like and smells like and got to get some kind of rhythm. They got to be on the field at one point or another together. That all happens in the second preseason game. Okay, and it happens for a quarter, maybe a little bit more with Teddy. Other than that. Yeah, Teddy needs the time because he hasn't been with these guys eh, in a game. Eh, you're right, so but I still think that's slightly overrated. I mean, they just got to like know what Teddy looks like in the white jerseys, you know, sure. for preseason game number one. They got to know which tunnel to come out of and this and that. You know what we're gonna do for you know when's our little snack break here? When do we got to talk? When the coach gonna yell at me? You know, coming in uh, to halftime, just all those little kind of things. That's you know part of the um, the production, I guess, so to speak. But I think nowadays, for one, I just think it's slightly overrated, the preseason, for your starters to go out there and it doing anything for your group. I think, like, you're only going barely at half speed. You're playing not to get hurt. Like, it's just different when the lights go on and it's week one and it matters. And the number one thing that, you know, matters in preseason game number one, two, and three is staying healthy. It's that's a most boring headline. You can't put you know staying healthy on the front page of the sports section of the Denver Post. But at the same time, but, it's like you said with Vaughn Miller healthy last season. It's a completely different season. Oh no doubt about it. Oh, so man. the health is yeah. It's not the sexy pick. 
but it is the most important. Well, it's the only thing, thing that matters. If a yeah. guy comes out of this thing injured and the guy matters, what happened? What went wrong? Whose fault is this? Why the hell was he out there? This is, you know, uh, why do we have preseason? Bro, there's going to be um, a couple, I'd say 10 great players. 10 great players from teams that over the next three weeks, these preseason games as they're playing out, will go down. We'll have their rookie season lost to injury. We'll have, uh, you know, a, a dude in his prime goes down. I mean, when did Dak get hurt like last year? Um, it was like three games in. To the regular season? Yeah. I mean, injuries could happen anytime, but why would I risk a guy for preseason stuff? And I would only have two preseason games, actually. And I would have given the guys with 17 games an extra bye week. So I'd had okay. two bye weeks two bye for my weeks. NFL I like season. I like that a lot. With a 17th game um, and only two preseason games. And that's what I would have done with that extra week. So what we would do, preseason game number one, goes to all the startups, the backups, and, um, and preseason game number two, for a half you play your starters, you go into the regular season. All your work, you know, again, this is not the uh, two-a-days where it's like the barbaric era of the NFL. Listen, we're not lesser of players now. We're greater athletes. We're greater players. The league is humming. The offenses, is the, it's a wet, these well-oiled machines are things of beauties. And all like the preseason stuff, like back in the day, guys who sold insurance and wrestled during the offseason in the 60s and 70s came into training camp and needed those two days and all to get healthy. And never to, to, yeah. to, not to get healthy, but to get fit, to get football uh fit and to lose the weight and all that kind of stuff and you know nowadays guys you know their bodies the training they're working just, on that conditioning year round you just don't need the yeah. same kind of stuff you needed in you know even 20 15 years ago of you know yesterday's kind of football so um if you, you have great players those great players and if you have great players and the players are coordinated right nfl team and you have a quarterback th three things i guess then you can go out there and have success if you don't have any of those three things then um, you're, you really don't have a chance. Can you win without all of the three things? Yes, but you have, one, you have to have the A number one piece, the quarterback, because the quarterback can overcome lesser players, he even overcome bad coordination. But without the quarterback, you don't stand a chance. So do the Broncos have those three things? The great players, the great coordination, and the great quarterback? Let's put the quarterback at the end of this discussion here, <laughs> and let's talk about the great players. Do they have the great players? Do they have a good enough players to make the playoffs? Yes, they got great players. They've got a phenomenal defense at all three levels. They have really great weapons on the offense that, like you said, we're putting the quarterback thing to the side, but wherever the passes are coming from, whoever's handing the ball off, mm -hmm. these guys have what it takes to get this team into the playoffs. Now, the quarterback is what's going to get you from the start of the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. And I think with the talent they have, they can get to the playoffs. It's just a matter of if the quarterbacks are actually producing. If the quarterbacks can get that Listen, execution down. I love down. your stuff, what you have you know? there. I love your stuff there. But you said if about 10 or 15 I times. sure did. And I just we wanna, haven't seen anything. Well, I it's just want to know that if my aunt had a wiener, then she would be my uncle. Okay, so if sir, you know, those ifs are, are powerful things. I like what you said. A couple things you said there. One was gonna gonna carry over to the second half of the podcast, which we're gonna um, pay off what we promised yesterday. Are like ten most important Broncos to the team. Um, uh, 
to have success in the 2021 season. Like the, the 10 most important Broncos um, this season. I mean, period. And we'll qualify and define it in a lot of different ways. And you're ready to go on that, and we will do that. Um, but it made me think of that. Um, you said this team is great. You said great talent? What was the word you used? I don't remember what word I used. <laughs> I, I, they have incredible talent. Oh, yes. Incredible. Okay. Incredible. Okay. Well, I would say if we're doing a um, – 10 best players from every team, the Broncos are up there. You're thinking, yeah. damn, with the, the Judys, Sutton, Vaughn, Chubb, Fant, maybe put Hamler, maybe put Sertan, maybe I put, uh, I definitely put Justin Simmons in there. If I'm going through my 10 best players, our 10 best players are as good as any 10 best players. But then once you go a little deeper, I think is when you realize the Broncos are top heavy, not deep, not as good as their, you know, top 10 or 12 players might indicate. And what's scary is if we went through the Jets roster, we went through like Jacksonville's or give me like another bad team. You know, I think we could probably come up with 10 players that, you know, look like pretty good NFL players, too. Maybe not. You know, I think the Broncos are another a cut above those bottom feeders that I might have, you know, mentioned. But while they have great talent up, you know, at, at key positions or maybe one great player at each position, you don't have to really think about it. I don't think they're deep. They're not deep enough. And that's why when we had injuries last year, it like came crumbling down mm -hmm. around us. So um, that's what my worry is about the Broncos, my biggest fear. But also, I want my stars to shine. If all these 10 players we're talking about go all, you know, are, are, are on the hitting their overs on these totals you know, these prop totals, then good things are happening. Then it goes into the coordination. Uh, Shermer, I'm surprised he's still here. For one, we fire offensive coordinators like every year, like it's going out of style. Uh, two, didn't seem like a great fit last year. Um, um, uh, another knock on him would be, I don't know if he's a developer of talent. Yeah, the Case Keenum st stuff might have been a mirage, a flash in the pan. Um, the year that he was kind of working with Case Keenum and he had that success, and he you know came in and did that you know kind of earned a starting gig here. Um, not a fan of Shermer. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Again, He's you know, set in his ways. He he has his system, and, I and think, he doesn't seem interested in. in and I think Fangio with. cares less about the offense. I think Fangio's all in on the defense. Definitely. I mean, I give it, I could appreciate a coach who's going to let his offensive guys and coordinator go coordinate the offense and do that kind of thing. But um, also, that's, there's a disconnect. And, you know, your team takes on the makeup of your head coach. And you got a head coach who cares less about the offense. And it kind of shows. It kind of shows in a lot of ways. It does. Right? So, and then, and then we'll do like a mini breaker. The three things we said, like, you, you got to have, you know, the, the great players, the coordination, and the quarterback. Do they have the quarterback? Yesterday, we tried to, I try, basically, I gave you the plot for like Aladdin or Moana in talking about the Teddy Bridgewater comeback story from nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I can show you the world. Uh, it was like, uh, yeah, it's like, oh, then Teddy's leg almost broke off. Then he came back uh, under rigorous rehab and joined the Saints, won five straight games, you know, yeah. for a team that went to the NFC Championship, and Teddy was a big part of it. All the and, literary elements of a great story. Right? Yep. And, uh, um, 
Then Teddy goes and, you know, cashes in with Carolina. You know, this uh, couldn't turn down that money so lucrative and the opportunity. Um, and then the evil college coach Matt Rule tears Teddy down, you know, and is Ted makes Teddy the scapegoat. And now Teddy's here in Denver, you know. And I'm a buyer on those kind of storylines, but also... You know, the Jim Plunkett story where he's the number one overall pick, flounders out, is buried almost out of the NFL, and then the Raiders pick him up out of the gutter, and he goes and wins two Super Bowls with the Raiders. That's like, that stuff almost can't happen now. That's the 70s. That's the 60s. Like yeah, this, people would give up. People would give up on you. I mean, you could find you got that last chance, bro. You could find Vince Papali off the street. Yeah. You know, Mark Wahlberg running, joining the Eagles. You know, and it's like those stories. Those guys, you know, there ain't you know. Uh, this is the YouTube era, bro. And I ain't ever heard of no YouTube sen sensation making anyone's roster, so to speak. So it's like you're figured out now. You're washed out these days. You know, the Jeff Hostetler story and the Rich Gannon story even. It's like, I don't know. There's been a million Mike Glennons, A.J. McCarrens, Kevin Cobbs. I mean, frick, dude. Guys who Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub's guys who, well, he was the backup until he figured it all out. He's the next great one. Those guys, it's like, you know, I don't know. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I'm falling for Teddy. Okay, I've liked Teddy for I, a long he's time. A, yeah, before he's he a got class here. act, stand-up individual. His teammates love him. The story coming back from an injury that almost cut, not just almost cost him his football career, his leg, his leg, to come back, all that kind of stuff. It's cool. It's a great story. I like Alex Smith's story. Okay, but Alex Smith's story ends with Patrick Mahomes hoisting Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Okay, if Teddy wants to come put this thing back on the rails and, uh, you know, bring this thing back to respectability like T Tim Tebow did, I appreciate that. But I need Peyton Manning to come here and take this thing across the finish line. Sorry. That's what it is. Yeah, we can know what Teddy is. I hope, and I hope that the Teddy that we're talking about is 10-win Teddy. Yes. Because it's a literary everything with Teddy. T two gloves, Teddy. Teddy, you know. Yeah. Teddy, two yards. Teddy, check down. You know, Teddy Big T no, I didn't mean it like that. Um, uh, it just, I think that Teddy is good, is steady, and will be good enough to, I hope, win 10 games with this team because it'll make for an enjoyable season. It'll mean a lot of these first-round pick guys paid off. It'll mean that Vaughn had 13 sacks. It'll mean that Bradley, Bradley Chubb probably chipped in. It'll mean that that secondary was for real. It, a lot of, you know, to get to 10 wins won't just be on Teddy. He'll be the leader. You know, he'll be driving it, but it means a lot of other things, probably really good things happened as well, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because he's he is going to have to win some games. Yeah. But this team is good enough to put him in position to do that. We're at the third way, kind of like we're the third quarter through the podcast. We blew through halftime in terms of the halfway point of the podcast. We're just checking in. I'm Danny Bailey. Um, he is Danny Williams here to my right. No, I got that wrong. Uh, you got the great hair, um, which, God, man, to have that with those flowing locks, enjoy. Let me ask you this. Is your father um, balding at all? Is your grandpa balding? Uh, my father has thinning hair, okay, but your he's grandpa not have... quite bald yet. What about your my grandpa? My grandpa is also pretty thin, just very white. Okay. On my dad's side, at least. Yeah, they're all my my all my grandpas, both of them, 
There's only two okay. of them, I guess. They both have pretty good hair. Enjoy this hair. My family has pretty good hair. People keep telling me I'm going to get fat, too. My uncles keep telling really? me my metabolism is going to slow down. Why? I don't know. Because they're all fat. <laughs> Uh, listen, fatso uncle. Tough life. Yeah. Um, you know, don't, I, I wouldn't say that that's not necessarily But yeah, true. I've never had long hair. So I was like, why not? I'll grow it out. Long hair, don't care. Yeah. Sweet. Um, okay. So now, um, I'm at Tweets Danny on Twitter, though. I am Danny Williams. You can find me at Mile High Sports Radio Monday through Friday from 9 to 11. Danny Bailey does all kinds of stuff here at Mile High Sports, producing shows, uh, getting yelled at by Eric Goodman. Um, he's jack of all trades here. And, uh, you know, Station's lucky to have guys like you. Oh, thank you. Station's sure. lucky to have had you for so long, too. You've been a, a staple of Mile High Sports for years. Thanks, buddy. Long, probably, long before I was involved. I'm probably the greatest figure in the history of Mile High Sports. I would say without a doubt. Um, there's, you know, uh, Doug Ottawell is great. He's the um, he's the energy, the 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 magazine, the motor, the money. The motor, yeah. You know, sure, behind like Mile High Sports. Uh, James Merrill, everything that he's done here. But James is somewhere else now. He's somewhere else now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Doug's behind the scenes. You know, those guys don't get appreciated enough. He would win an Oscar for best production and kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but they don't close the Oscars with eh, our last category. It's best production. What happened to best actress or best actor? You know, or or That's film it. of the year. Yeah. You know, so it's the big stars like me that matter. I hate to have to you know say it, but if you don't, you know. Um, if you don't say it, who will? Again, Jordan's offended if you would have talked any, you know, about uh, me in the same manner that you would compare him to an Eric Goodman. Eric Goodman's an all-time great here, and Gil's an all-time great here. It would be like we'd go in together in the first class. Like, they started the Hall of Fame. I don't know what year it was. It was like Babe Ruth and Walter Hagen and Cy Young, and they all went in together the first class. So it'd probably be like that, I guess. But I think you're like, you're getting to ring a famer territory well i appreciate that oh, you're but i like feel like one, i, I two still year... got a lot a long road ahead of me oh you do so i'm you gonna do. yeah i'm gonna keep grinding well that's what you, all you it's can a fun do place to be i'm happy to be here i don't yeah. want to pump you up too much you know what i mean yeah, at some yeah. point i'm probably gonna go to tear you down a little bit you oh, know what i mean it. i gotta keep you got, again young and talented guys scare eric goodman and they scare mm. the gill whiteleys of the world because um young talent is the only thing that can defeat Old and evil ways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, check out. This is the Broncos Bliss podcast. Check us out. Uh, D Bailey 5280 is Danny Bailey's uh, Twitter handle. Um, he's doing all kinds of stuff here at Mile High Sports all the time. He's filling in today for Jake. Um, we'll get you in more. We'll have you in as just like a regular old guest. Cool. Guests are super hard for us this time of day to make kind of happen. Yeah. But now that some of the training camp stuff is o- over with, we're going to start to uh, make it happen with these guests. Um, guys like you, the Seegers, the oh, Dr. Seegers does do- a great job. You know, Doc Nick Mannings mm-hmm. of the world. And there's tons of guys, the Kurtzmans. Yeah. Um, MileHighSports.com uh, has built quite the force of, you know, uh, quite the stable of writers and a bunch of talent. So, okay. Um, but check out the podcast, subscribe to it, uh, download it. Uh, uh, anywhere you can find podcasts, anywhere in the whole world you can find the podcast, you can find the Broncos Blitz podcast. If you rate or review the podcast, that's very important too. And uh, we really appreciate that kind of stuff. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like, what you want to hear more of. You know, um, if you say something mean, well, screw you, jerk. Who are you tell me how to do a podcast? I didn't really mean that. I don't take criticism well. Um, no, I'm just joking. Uh, we want the truth. We want you guys to tell us the truth. Tell the truth. Uh, okay. We promised you yesterday the 10 most important Broncos to this team. 
Okay. You have a list prepared. I love this list. Okay. Let me see this here. Okay. I appreciate it. Do you need this? No, I don't okay. need it. So um, let's start with one. Okay. You want to start with one and go to 10? I think that's the way you have to, to do it. You got to start, start with the most at, important. You start with the most important. Who is the single most important player to this team this year? Danny Bailey, go. Von Miller. It's not even a question to me. I mean, he had he he was missing last year. It was evident how much of a strain that put on the team and having him come back this year and return to some former Von Miller that we have seen that can get numbers and also be a leader. His leadership is going to be as important as his production on the field. And so for me, it's without a question, Von Miller, most important Bronco this season. Von is my number two. Okay. Von is my number two most important Bronco. Von is your heart and soul. Mm -hmm. He's the lifeblood. You know, he's like the motor. He's your everything. He, again, is like the biggest dude on your team, bully dude, who you're willing to stand up to all the other teams because, you know, Vaughn's got your back and he's there and he's going to go kick ass. Without him, man, you're he. You're so much less without Vaughn. And with Vaughn, whether he's 10 sack Vaughn or 16 or 17 sack Vaughn, Vaughn is an all-time great and he has this aura, life force or aura if you will and you got to have it okay which if uh he's my two then my number one would be teddy okay obviously it's the quarterback it goes for any team um any i mean uh, the browns who might pretend it's their run game it's teddy teddy bridgewater is my number one um how could he not be um there's still here's what's interesting everyone wants to talk about the upside of drew Locke. And the the upside, the upside, the ceiling, the you know what we don't know what he could be if it all you know kind of falls into place for him. I'd like to see what Teddy Bridgewater is now. Um, okay. After he went to quarterback graduate school with the Saints, after learning some of the highs and lows of what it takes, you know, about leading a bad team looks like, and some of the reasons why they didn't have success. Him here now as how old is Teddy? Thirty. He's not, you know, he's, uh, look for me. I don't think, is Teddy, this dude, Teddy might be 29 or 28 years old. Let's say Teddy's 30. Um, I think Teddy's got upside. I think Teddy's got. 28 years old. Damn, are you kidding me? It, we, yeah. We're acting like Teddy Bridgewater's 30 freaking oh, three years old. No. Tw Teddy, 28 Teddy? Yeah. Again, you know? Um I'd like to see what Teddy Bridgewater can be for two years. And with everything where he's come from, the successes we know he did have from 11 and 5 to leg about to be cut off to uh, the journey to, the, to this point. I love the story. And I know Teddy, I'm, I'm not going to act like Teddy's ever going to be too good. He'll never be good enough. Teddy will never be good enough for Broncos country and for me. I know it. But for this team, for this time, for this kind of who and what this team is, he might be just the right guy. So if this team has any success this year, it's because of Teddy. I was just going to say, Vaughn can have like 14 or 15 sacks, and they can still maybe win six or seven or eight games, you know, and they can lose close games. Yeah. So if Teddy's my one and Vaughn is your or is my two and Vaughn's your one, who's your two? My two is Justin Simmons. Wow. Interesting. Why? A uh, big-time leader of that secondary, a stacked secondary unit. Okay. Also one of the highest-paid safeties in the game. And so for him to go out there and continue to prove why he got that money, 
that's why he's number two for me. Okay. Um, again, I told you to do something and you did it perfectly, but I am now changing the rules on my own game. <laughs> um, my number three is Shermer. Okay. okay. That's yeah. not a player. I was thinking about putting some coaches on here. He's and then a person. I decided coaches aren't important. Well, you, to me. <laughs> you could tell me what you think. Shermer, if he can make a star out of Javante Williams, I think he can make a star out of Teddy Bridgewater. At least, you know, a um a Teddy Bridgewater that will go for 24, 25 touchdowns. That might be total. And it might be three or four on the ground and throw in 22. But a combination of 25 or 26 total touchdowns against single-digit turnovers is a big-time recipe for success. Okay? Um, and again, talking about Teddy, when I mentioned Shermer and then Javante. But it's Shermer who has to court, get turn Javante Williams into a guy who can catch the ball 40 times. 40 times in this this season. That is, you know, I'm, let me crunch those numbers. That's like four receptions a game. You got to imagine those are anchors, outlets. Two of those go for first downs. He breaks one of those at, you know, four touches for a 17-yard chunk. Uh, again, one is a bailout that takes you out of what would be a loss or a sack. He has to be able to coordinate that and get Javante to be um, Zeke Elliott, Christian McCaffrey-like. Those are lofty expectations, but they moved up for Javante. Javante was the second running back taken in the draft, I think, after Najee Harris. I have to go back and look. Uh, or, or third. But the value of the running back position these days, I think Javante is a first, mid-first round pick in a different day. You know, in uh, five or eight years ago or ten years ago when the running backs mattered more and meant meant more. So to me, Pat Shermer has to turn Javante and Teddy Bridgewater into a legitimate offense, uh, making these receivers, all these receivers who we think were so damn talented with receivers. Well, how talented can you be with, you know, um, a limited offense and a limited production from the quarterback play? Pat Shermer's a very important individual, more important than the defense, because I know the defense is going to be good and coordinated well. And I know the defense is going to come out and perform. It's the offense that'll either hang the freaking defense out to dry so then the defense doesn't look as good as they are because they're back on the field, turnovers, extra possessions for their offense, getting our guys back out there. It's the offense that has to look and run like a legitimate NFL offense that will be key and most important to this team actually having success because we know the defense is going to be good. They're the most expensive defense in terms of personnel in the NFL, right? Yeah, and they've got to play like it. They've so Shermer's my like three. Learned it. Who's your three? My three is Drew Locke because I'm like all Broncos Ooh. fans and I'm addicted to hope. <laughs> I'm addicted to hope and I still have a little ah, piece of me. Man. Well, I really like Teddy. There's a little piece of me that still thinks Drew Locke could maybe be the guy. Why, though? Based because I'm of... an irrational sports okay, fan. Okay, okay. I, I can appreciate So I that. have this little piece of me that thinks now Drew Locke has another season and try to get it with Shermer. Why more than Teddy? Because we know that Teddy is going to be enough. He's going to be enough to guide the team for this year okay. and get him hopefully to Aaron Rodgers Here's next season. Here's what hurts your argument, okay. okay, is that the locker room, how Teddy's, you know. Yeah, the guys the, love Teddy. Not just the locker room, the film study stuff. Okay, um, he's talking film study, leader in film study, like a coach. The playbook stuff, clockwork, Teddy. You don't have to think about it; just reacts. Light years of win. With here's here's the big thick Teddy playbook. Here's the 
Berenstein Bears uh, Drew Locke playbook that's much more limited. There's the sat football savvy stuff. All right, let's talk about game plan. Let's do this and that. Teddy gets this, sees this, explaining this, doing this. I mean, true stuff that is light years or uh, buzz light years uh, beyond Drew Locke's capabilities. You like that? Yeah, I like that. So that's my thought. It's okay. all, besides of all that, you know, uh, man, this guy will, uh, Drew, uh, t- t- Drew had three more completions than Teddy today and into the practice with the long bomb. I think like we're way beyond that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think we're way beyond that stuff, and that the coaches know very clearly. It's 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 very clear to them that Teddy is like way more of a legitimate, bona fide, polished professional. And Drew Locke's like far out, man. Well, Calabanga looks like he'd be hanging out with you because you guys got the hair and the whole thing. <laughs> you know, you guys could run your fingers through each other's hair, not each other's, but like you know, he's running his fingers through his own hair. Uh, you know, it's like, bro. I need a. I don't need a dude. I'm the dude, man. You know, it's like we can't. Have, I need. A, I don't need a dude. I need a respect. I need a leader. I need guys. Who, so I like when going out to battle. You you, you look for Teddy and like the. You're looking up at Teddy in the huddle and you're like believing it. You're looking up at Drew and you're like Drew. Uh, you text me last night at 1 a.m. and asked me if I wanted to play Call of Duty. You know, it's like I don't think I think Drew's not a pro. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Okay, um, my fourth most important guy is Javante, okay, because he's the one guy that if he has a breakout special season and becomes a star, well, then you know that incredible things happen for the Broncos. Offensively, translates to the defense, obviously, the balance, which there hasn't been. Um, I think that actually the defense has been way better than they've looked and produced and have the you know the persona of them over the last few years because the offense has been so bad and i think that um javante if he goes for um uh 1100 yards or a thousand yards on the ground and then for 500 more through the air off of um 45 or 50 catches that means him and melvin are Split in full time, he probably took over the full time role, and Melvin would become the compliment, and that just means that um, really, probably, really good things are happening for the Broncos' offense. Um, and then the passing game would become a complement of the running game. Which, if you're going to have success, if you had like drew it up, like which, how does this work? That's and like you win with it. That's what would have to win. So Javante's the one guy, maybe on the whole roster, other than the quarterbacks. Who, if you said he becomes a star, what happens? They win. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of another player where uh, Judy, Judy becomes a star this year. Do they win? Eh, who knows? Depends. You yeah. know, uh, Justin Simmons has 10 picks this year. Do they win? Eh, maybe. 10 picks is a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of but, picks. Uh, maybe not a perfect comp. <laughs> but uh, 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 Sertan becomes a great player this year. Do they win? Eh, six or seven games, maybe. He might be great. Yeah. And it might not be a difference maker. Javante goes for fifteen or 1,600 total yards and is a weapon, a whole new weapon and a different, like a whole new branch and arm of offense that they didn't use last year at all. Um, then great things happen for the Broncos. He's very important for the success of this team this year if they're going to have real success. If he can do that, if this yeah. offensive line can help him get there. Okay. Um, give me some more. Who, who else you got? I got Noah Fant next on mine just okay. because I think the tight end position is 
growing every year in importance. We got a, a ton of freak athletes at that position around the league. Noah Fant is starting to get into that. Like he's a tier two guy. I think he okay. could break into tier one. Uh, Fangio's my five. Um, I don't think he cares a, a lick about the offense. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I think he's. Um, you know, you kind of take on again the persona and the and the makeup of who your head coach is. He's got to be better. He's got to be cooler. He's got to be tougher. I thought that losing the weight would make him cooler. Different. It didn't make him cooler. He's got to say the right things. He's got to call timeouts at the right time, or not at all, or actually call them. Um, he's got to got to win close games, and that comes down to decisions, tough decisions at you know late moments in the game. Uh, Fanjo's got to be good if they're going to be good, and I don't really believe that. You know, I'm, I'm kind of over Fangio um I kind of this is a I think he's lame duck I think he gets fired at the end of the year win lose or draw I mean unless they win 11 games or something crazy you know even like nine wins wouldn't cut it for Fangio uh, but he's very important to the team who's your next uh, I got Melvin Gordon okay Melvin Gordon I think you said a lot of good stuff about Javante Williams because he's the next Broncos running back here but yeah. Melvin Gordon is the guy who has he got the bag and now he's got he's to go out there and perform. And he ha I think he's ready for it. He knows that last year he was too focused on the position battle. He didn't have his head in the game 100%. And this year he knows he needs to be a leader on this team and help this offense along. I'm going to give you two in a row here um, and just give a statement on one of them. Um, and then um, we could talk about the other one. Chubb is six, Bradley Chubb. Because mm -hmm. he's another guy that you know if he has 12 or 13 or 15 sacks. I don't think it's that kind of 15-sack guy, but I think he'd be around 12 and 13. I think that's his best. Um, then really good things probably happened. Um, that means Vaughn probably had another you know, 12 or 13 as well. If you get 25 from a total of two dudes, um, that's special. And I think that would be, again, like one of um, most or lifeblood of a defense having a bunch of success, um, creating those turnovers, letting the no-fly zone two go be the no-fly zone two. I think Bradley Chubb is very important to this team. My next guy is seven is Garrett Bowles because if he has another great season, he's worth the money, then he turned a corner, then he's the real deal, then he did protect at least the, your blind side of your quarterback. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what's going to happen on the other side of the offensive line, but Garrett Bowles is my next most important guy. What do you I think? have those guys flipped. I have Bowles okay. six, I have Chubb seven. Okay, what else? Because they're immensely important, both of them, yeah. everything you said. Um, eight, I'm going Cortland Sutton. Year coming back off the injury. Uh, he's about to he's about to take the league by storm again. If here's yeah. another one of those ifs that yeah. you love so much. It's it's all dependent on the quarterback. I know Jake talks about it on the pod all the time. Mm -hmm. Wide uh, receiver is the most dependent position well, okay. in football. I'm gonna But I love Cortland Sutton and I think he's gonna have a, an incredible year. Just tell me the rest of your list. Corlin Sutton and then Alexander Johnson and Brandon McManus. Oh, I wow. I put the kicker on there because I think because of this defense, because of the weapons on offense, this is, is a, this team is going to be in some games that they need McManus to go out there and win, and he's going to do it. I have all the faith in the world in him, but yeah. he's an important player. I was ending my list at seven because any I thought that any player like Fuller or um, okay. Alexander Johnson yep. that – if those guys had great seasons, it wouldn't necessarily matter big picture sure. win total. They're not that kind of difference makers. So I found myself through seven guys. But I, you, you just flipped the script on me. Um, I put now down on my list as eight, and my last kind of group is McManus slash the special, special teams, teams okay. as a whole. Uh, do, we, do we break? Are we 
play really clean special teams, makes big kicks, makes two or three game winners, um, um, no misses to lose games, um, special teams not turning the ball over, even if we're not breaking returns off because that doesn't really happen this day and age, but just real clean special teams where like we don't know they're there, that's a big win. Because in the NFL, man, I always think this. I mean, teams with all the rosters, and when you spread it out, we talked about 10 best and it's your 10 best. You know, in the end, it comes down to three points, one play, one guy, one moment, one decision. And in games, football games that are so, so close so often, the special teams is your equalizer or your difference maker, I would say. And if you have, you know, a guy, so if you invest there, you got, you know, you know, you don't have mistakes there. You have a kicker. We never had to worry about kicker here, and I don't know how long. Um that's a bonus. I would always start there if I'm Big trying to bonus. rebuild a team with just having you know talented guys overpaying in my special teams because it's cheap anyways to have a great special teams. So if they Broncos special teams is something we don't have to worry about there, then that's a big win. That's the whole podcast. We've never done a podcast of the Broncos Blitz variety this long, but we were rolling. We were. I think this one. If we're going to send this, if there's a podcast Hall of Fame. Um, at Podbean headquarters, if there's such a thing, a podcast hall of fame, um, I would send them this episode. Um, I don't know what that means for, um, you know, for Jake. Maybe we just don't have him ever back again, and you just kind of do this always. Um, Jake is under under contract. We're gonna have to have him do something. Maybe like the trash and vacuum and stuff like that. Um, but Danny Bailey, great job today on the Broncos Blitz podcast. Bro. Thank you very much for having me. It was a thrill to talk about the Broncos. I love the Broncos and I'm excited for football that matters. So maybe not like the game on Saturday, yeah. but the games in a couple weeks are going to be a lot of fun. Subscribe to this podcast, guys, anywhere you can find a podcast, watch it, review it. That's very important to us. We try to do a good job for you guys every single day doing this thing. And uh, that's a wrap. We appreciate you guys and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night.